Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista, que solo nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estamos, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasish. Here we are. Another, ni- another, another night, another podcast, as uh, Steve Santos likes to, to say. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? Alfredinho! Tu tá tudo bem, mas tá tudo bem. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, hey, about two minutes ago, it was all messed up. Two minutes later, tá tudo bem, meu Tá tudo bem. Everything is all right. Está tudo bem. Tudo bem, como diz o nosso amigo. Tudo bem, como o nosso amigo Patrick Kendrick likes to say. Tudo bem. Grande abraço, amigo. With us uh, also as part of the crew, the, the normal crew that you're used to seeing, Dave de Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? What is going on, guys? Uh, we got the Freddies already active in the chat. Was uh, looking like it was going to be a... Uh very deep and personal therapy session but things turned around <laughs> on sunday so we're on the lighter mood uh here if you haven't to- uh couldn't tell already yeah look we got a we got a shitty game and we got a an okay game that uh is uh a melhor resultado do que exibição right chris wouldn't you agree that was a percent but i mean that's just my personal feelings on it but at the same time i'm wondering what angle are you asking me that question from? I mean, are you a, are you a sporting Why are you? Oh, am I a portista? I, I, I just said it. I think that's the one I started. Are you portista, sportingista? Yeah, one I mean, of those. How are you going to ask that question on the Bifiga podcast? I mean, <laughs> you can't be bringing any uh, shenanigans up in here. No, no shenanigans. But, but, but to answer to answer your question, yeah, at the end of the day, look, we say this. We have to be friends. We, we, we absolutely have to be honest and friends. I try. I try to be as honest as possible week after week on this podcast. Whether you agree with me or not, I, I try my very best. It sucks, but, you know, it's all I got. It's all I can post on. For many of the years, when we get these negative results against our arch rivals, 
you know, we come out here and we hoot and holler and scream and we're frustrated and the whole nine and we just bitch and moan of how, man, sometimes uh, all, all it takes, all it takes is just to get the three points. It doesn't matter how you get it against these guys, against our rivals. We, we, we scratch, crawl, do what we have to do, lick, punch, kick, kiss, do whatever we got to do to get the three. And now that's exactly what we did in this in this past game and we're all unhappy. I mean, we can't have it both ways. Look, I'm one of those people. I wasn't unhappy. I, I, and I'll get into that as, as, as we get here onto the podcast. But I, I think there is a moment to celebrate. There is a moment to take things into consideration. There is a moment to be happy and joyful of the way that this club fought to the very end and got a result. I mean, we're talking about, in a span of five minutes, going from you know, being six points down to being level. And not just level, top of the table. Yeah. Top of the table, lads. So, um, I mean, there's there's obviously some positives that we should absolutely take a moment to enjoy that. Yeah. And there's also the other side of things, and I'm pretty sure we'll get into that. But I just wanted to, you know, let everybody know, at least in my thoughts, that, that I, I was one of those sourpusses for a quick second. And then Hugo and a lot of other guys I spoke to made me realize that, hey, man, you know, sometimes we got to enjoy the good ones. Gotta enjoy these moments. Uh, could always be worse. So here I am. I'm trying to be trying to be positive, Cristiano again, Dave. I'm trying to bring him back. <laughs> I, I, I don't been around for much this season, but I think he's making a comeback tonight after a great victory against our arch rivals. The positive Cristiano is back, ladies and gentlemen. For now, I don't. I can't guarantee in two minutes, but right now it's pretty positive. Yeah, before we get going, uh, uh, Freddy's, uh, let me say hello to all the Freddy's. Chico Marcelino, Pedro dos Santos, Bruno Teixeira, Diogo Reis, uh, those two guys were here earlier. Uh, Red Baron, uh, Flavio Ferreira, Liberal, uh, and SLB Tube. Uh, what up from Toronto? Um, here we are, episode 500. Smash and... the like Smash button. Smash the like button. That's right. I forgot to say that. Uh, I leave ep- comments just about myself. The other, Dave and Alfredo don't, don't say that nice about the- 506 is what we're up to uh, tonight. Uh, we'd love for the show to be all about the derby, but unfortunately we got the Real Sociedad game to talk about also. And uh, and after that, then we'll get into the derby. But, uh, you know, we'll 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 skim over the um, the Real Sociedad game because really there, there's not there's not much to talk about there. Right. Because I think that we, we all knew going into this uh, this game that it was going to be it was going to be hard for Benfica and it it required a an effort by Befica that we haven't seen and understanding what uh what Real Sociedad has been doing both domestically and in Champions League was gonna was gonna be a tall order for Benfica. Uh, but let's let's get right into that game, right? So I'll give you the lineup. Truben was in goal, Silva, Otamendi Morato, uh the three center backs, João Mario Antino in the middle, Neves, Auschnes on the sides of the midfield, Di Maria Cabral and Rafa. Uh, no surprises here. Uh, perhaps the the biggest surprise. It is it really a surprise, right? João Neves on the right. When we all been clamoring here, and especially Cristiano has been clamoring that João Neves cannot, for the love of the Lord, leave the center of the park. He's too too of an influ- too much of an influential player to leave the center of the park. And, and yeah, we will put him on the right, and we make him almost. Useless. Certainly, we understand the logic behind it, but as we saw this weekend and as we've seen week in and week out when João Neves is in the middle of the park, there's a whole lot of difference that that happens there in terms of the way he holds the ball, the way he's able to uh, 
uh, chased guys down. Uh, so really didn't understand. And and let's let's skim right through this game. Six minutes, eleven minutes, twenty-one minutes. Twenty-one minutes in, we're already three nothing. There was people that shut their TV off. My father was was one of them. <laughs> and I, I think if you're watching the game, I don't, I don't think there's there's you can't have an argument against that, right? After seeing three nothing, is man, I don't want to watch this uh, anymore. But but certainly, um, you know, not not to. A very good performance by Mifika. We were poor. Wow. This BK, the save by Truven. Yeah. I mean, Alfredo, leaving out crucial pieces. All I know is that, as you mentioned, 20 minutes in or a little bit over 20 minutes in. And guys, I'm sorry. And for those of you my age and Alfredo's age and just a few years younger, Dave, I think you're okay with this. But for those of you our age, I apologize right now. I actually suggest you probably mute this for the next 10 seconds. But when... Why I saw this onslaught, Alfredo. My mind brought me back to Celta. I said, "Puta de Dios, man! Not again! Not another freaking like Chapada in Spain, bro! I just did not want to go through that." So luckily, the boys didn't get to that level. But nonetheless, man, Alfredo, it had me panicking. I mean, for a yeah. few minutes, man. It- Really, it should have been that level. It should. It could have easily been five, six, nothing before halftime, yeah. right? There was two goals called back for offside and a penalty off the that hit the post there. So there's easily your six goals within the first half. It definitely had those Celta vibes, Cristiano. I'm sure you weren't the only one uh, thinking that way. Yeah, and and I think maybe the thought process is if if we shut the TV right now, maybe they won't score anymore. <laughs> but then, but then Roger Schmidt. You believe that to make to make to finally realize again maybe somebody you know these coaches nowadays they wear the little earpiece maybe somebody played him the portion of the podcast from last week's podcast when i said i don't understand what the hell he's doing with this three four three it makes no sense and then and then he saved the day you ready he saved the day by bringing in jurisic (laughs) (laughs) but nonetheless look as bad as he played it saved the day because it stabilized things back there because Benfica for a few minutes didn't know. Bro, it was terrible. For a good 10, 15, 20 minutes, it looked like the little kids at the park. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing. They were sort of disorganized. And credit to Sociedad, who who had you know uh, the knowledge and, 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 and knew how to set this up and knew how to take advantage of Benfica. And they, they look, credit to them. But we were just we were shit. sprawling. Oh, what the hell we were doing. Humiliated. The great Jurassic Jurassic Park <laughs> stabilized things for Benfica. Who would have who would have thought? You go look at it because you no, but it's not even would have thought because if you look, forget the thought. This is no, this is the proof is in the pudding. Go look at his stats, and they were they were horrendous. And so if you didn't watch the game and you're listening to the podcast here and you're saying Cristiano's he's on some good shit. The guy's numbers, how did he stabilize? But he, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he did. He stabilized it. Because once Benfica went, switched to the four at the back again, kind of felt like, okay, now we know how to defend again. All right, all right. But, yeah, it, it kind of calmed things down. And he was not good, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So that goes to show you all bad things must have been before. Yeah, and, and the th- look, the team goes into the lo- comes out of the locker room at the half, and, and it seems that they they got a a little bit of a, a spark behind them that they was trying they were trying to do something, and I think that maybe the first ten minutes of the second half, Benfica 
really had the upper hand in terms of the initiative that they had. They ended up getting a, a goal from from Rafa on the assist from Otamendi. Uh, but it, you could also say that Real Sociedad came out of the locker room and said, well, we're up 3 nothing. We could have been up more. And if we keep possessing and we keep controlling the ball and resting with the ball at our feet, eventually we, we will, Benfica will open up and we'll get another goal. Um, and I think that's what they did. I didn't, I, they didn't have to press on the accelerator too much, but all they had to do is is get some more of that possession and start passing the ball around the park to yeah. Benfica chasing. Yeah, yeah. Because they, with the exception, as you mentioned, the first 10 minutes of the second half, they were always controlled the game. You know what I mean? They, so they didn't really yeah. have to, to come out of their shell. They were very comfortable with the 3 nothing lead. They didn't think that Benfica could cause any serious danger on the other side. And, it was another walk in the park for them. Look, just want to mention, Sheikh Marcelino mentions, I also had Celta vibes. Eric Amaral says, smash the like button, ladies. Don't forget. Red Baron SOB says, yup, I had cold sweats for a while. So, as you can see, these guys are more like our age. And, and, and I'm, if, you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't think of Celta watching that game, it's definitely. Insane. God bless you. That means you didn't go through that, and and, and you're a lucky one. You're yeah. one of the lucky ones. Yeah, it was definitely self I was a shell shock there. Like for the, the first uh, twenty minutes, I didn't know what the hell happened uh, to us. I didn't know whether to be upset, to cry, to laugh. I, it was shell shock the way that Celta just kept on pushing uh, at us. And at the end of the day, I, you just have to laugh because what the hell are you gonna do? You're not gonna waste any energy on on how the the team performed in that first half. So. God, I was uh, shell shocked on it how was, bad we were. It was an absolute embarrassment. Yeah, it's one of those moments that goes into the history books, and and not the good ones. The hmm. shame on you, shame yeah. on you. Right next to the that Basel Roger game, Schmidt, that Roger Schmidt had the not the audacity, but due to his decision making, João Neves looked like a bum for a few minutes there. And that is that is embarrassing. That is a crime in itself. He should be whipped a hundred lashes for <laughs> the poor little guy who is the one guy that it's just become a common theme is just to sit here and just Joan Epps. Man of the match, Joan Epps. Like, didn't even play. Joan Epps. Joan Epps is just the dude is. And for those few, the first 20, 25, it looked like he was lost. looked like he never played soccer in his mm, life. And it yeah. was just. It's in by Roger Schmidt should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. And if he would have listened to the Bifiga podcast, he wouldn't have gone over there with that dumbass system and made my boy look dumb. Yeah. So he should be ashamed. Yeah. So look, we're, we're uh, both Real and Inter have qualified for uh, the next stage. Uh, Bifiga will now have to uh, compete with uh, with Salzburg for that uh, that Europa League spot. And Cristiano, you know, this is uh, something that. Myself, you, and and Hugo have been discussing, and and you and Hugo have very different opinions in terms of of Europa League. Uh, and I agree with you, right? And and the argument is, if if we go to the Europa League, and as a result of now playing more games during the week, does this? Is this detrimental to our title changes, uh, title chances? Because we're struggling as is. I know we're in first place, but we're not playing the best football uh, in the league, uh, domestically in, in in Europe, right? Um, does now playing in Europe a, a second game, and usually these games are on Thursday also, does that affect our chances to be champions and to get that coveted 
automatic spot in next year's Champions League and that $100 million, uh, uh prize bonus uh, that we would get uh, if we were to qualify uh, directly. And, uh, and Cristiano, and, and I'll let you talk about it, but I... Well, ask the question, though. Ask the question. Would the question pose a question? The, the question is... Would do you, I prefer? Do you do prefer, prefer for me to continue in European competition, being Europa League, or do I just want them to bow out? That's the which, question. Wh- which way do I lean? That's the and question. So, and 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 so my answer to that is for for those of you that listen to the Bifiga podcast over the years, you understand and you know. Uh, I don't have to prove nothing to you guys because you guys have heard me uh, more than one occasions tell you that Bifiga. To me, it's Champions League above anything else, right? Benfica needs to always be amongst the big boys and taking on the big boys and playing them eye to eye and doing everything they can to win games in this competition because this is where the real football is played. But I think that there's times we have to really look at ourselves and, and realize what we're capable of and what we're not capable of. And, and I don't think Benfica has shown at any point this season. I mean, if you really want to go to X's and O's, right? I don't, I don't think they've shown much since Enzo Fernandez left. They've not been the same team, right? That guy, that should be Roger Schmidt, number one aggregate. If he gets appointed Germany national coach, he'll do everything he can to convert <laughs> Enzo Fernandez into a German citizen because my man made Roger Schmidt look like a damn genius. But, again, getting back to the point at hand, Benfica has not played well. I don't think Benfica has a a team deep enough or good enough Um to make a serious, serious run at, at the Europa at the Europa League. Yeah. Um and the other part of me that 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 what 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 really which sounds crazy, but what really has me doubting this whole thing and, and, and fearing the whole thing is I don't want Benfica to make a run in Europa League, make a quarterfinal or semifinal run. Europa League guys and try to understand me here. Because I'd never root against Benfica. But I don't want them to make a quarterfinal, semifinal run in Europa League, did not win that league anyway. And then kind of mask the problems that this club has had, mask the the the, the acquisition of players, right? Mask the, the, the horrible decision-making that's been made throughout this year because, oh, but we made a Europa League run. And, like, it kind of just throws all the negatives from this season under a rug because it, it kind of looks like a good run throughout a European competition. So my thing is, I want Benfica to focus, and I it's the first. I think it's the first time I've ever said this on this podcast. I've never said this, Alfredo, right? Because I've always wanted Benfica to worry about the Champions League. But due to the fact that things have changed in Portugal, where now you get the one automatic into the Champions League next year with the new format, and then on top of that, it brings along with it the hundred million bonus, or hundred million European competition fee, whatever it is that the. the that the clubs get. Um, and I fear that whomever, and especially Benfica, I care less about the other two, but I fear if Benfica does not throw all their eggs in one basket and make sure that they come away and win this damn campeonato to assure themselves a place in next year's Champions League, assure themselves that $100 million bag, because that's the only way I think Benfica is going to be able to hold on to one of the Nevs or, 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 or um, Silva. Uh, Silva. So, yeah, let Benfica me. Benfica can't around. Yeah. Honestly, Alfredo, I, I, I no, fear I... that Benfica around, worried about some damn, you know, away match at, at, at freaking, you know, whomever, Antwerp, um, is going to slip up in the in, in the Campeonato because they're not deep enough to, 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 to compete at two fronts. 
And then before we know it, man, we're not in the Champions League, and now we're selling players. We're not getting the hundred million. I mean, it's going to take a while. And like, do you guys really have any confidence in the people that's bringing in players? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. L- let me. Like, like Hugo said to me, I'm sorry, I'm afraid to make it quick. Like Hugo said to me, well, you forget if you don't get the hundred million from one way, you get another one because if you sell, if you sell Nebs, you get a hundred million. Okay, but do you have any confidence that they'll be making <laughs> great acquisitions <laughs> with that hundred million based on what we've seen this year? I don't. Yeah, let me let me uh let me pose the the question to the chat. So, would you relinquish the Europa League understanding that by relinquishing the Europa League, you can focus on the league domestically and as a result you have a better chance to win the championship or would you say, "No, nah, fuck that. We should be in the Europa League each time." Let's fight on all fronts. A competition is a competition. What do you guys in the chat think? What would you prefer? Would you prefer would you prefer the relinquishing of the Europa League, understanding that could put you in a better position to win a title domestically, or would you continue in the Europa League, understanding also realistically that the talent on this squad and let me say talent coupled with the deficiencies we have seen from Roger Schmidt in terms of the way he's coached this team, in terms of the way he has this team playing, and understanding that if the team is like this and has been like this since August, you can even go even further back, but let's give the team a clean slate in August, understanding that if you haven't improved from August until now, What's different in February that's going to make you make you so much stronger in Europe that you can make a deep run? What What do you guys think in terms of uh, of that of those two uh, of those two questions? I'll let you. I give you guys some time to to go on the chat, and then uh, I will uh, I'll read some of the comments. But Dave, some stats on this game so we can move on. Yeah, before the stats, uh, just to piggyback on that, I would I I don't mind that logic. Obviously, you want Benfica to advance in any competition that they're playing against uh, or they're playing in, but I would want the the club to come out with that message that, listen, we're going to focus this all all on the... uh, We're going to put all our eggs in the league this year and make those points about uh, winning the championship so that we can get that $100 guaranteed next year. I'm fine if they come out with and say that, but I don't think the club would say that because there's going to be a lot of people that don't have that. I think we're in the minority in this of this uh, this thought of packing it up and uh, not competing and just throwing all our eggs in the, uh, the the Portuguese league. But I'm fine if they come out and say it, but I don't believe that the the club would ever come out and blatantly say that. They we're not going to try no, to, of course to qualify not. for for Europa League. Um, stats here on uh, on the game: uh, Benfica eliminated at the group stage mark for the eleventh time in their in their eighteen uh, previous uh, Champions League group stage uh, appearances. Uh, Benfica have now uh, have more losses this season with five than they did the entirety of last season. That's a uh, that's how it shows how much of a drastic uh, change we have from last year where we had four losses all season in all competitions and we're uh, not even through the midway point of November and we've already got more losses uh, than we did all of last season. Yeah. 
let me uh let me uh, so we got some some mixed comments here in the chat and uh let me let me read them uh Tony Fig says Benfica tem que jogar a, a Europa League uh, porque os jogadores ganham muito dinheiro e é bom para o Benfica ou não so Benfica has to play Europa League because th there's there's some money that needs that that could be earned from the Europa League albeit not the same as Champions League and also it adds to uh, the team's reputation, right? Nunu M says, I'll take Europa League because we will go direct to UCL if we would win it. Um, and, and Nunu, I'll challenge by, by saying, go look at the Europa League groups as they stand right now. And I could probably assure you that there's maybe seven teams in the Europa League that Benfica would struggle against. So it's well, not. I've got it. I've got them open. If you want to go through them, you don't even have to go through. You 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 could go right after Dave. But I'm just saying, you don't even have to go through that. What I'm going off is based on how this team is played. What confidence have they? Sh what, what what confidence do you have that they've that they could perform at that level? That's where I'm going with guys. Now, if you tell me if he is going to go to the Europa League and win the Europa League, fuck it, let's go. Forget the Copa Portuguese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But again, how much confidence do you have that they will happen? They've been atrocious. Yeah. And that's the thing, guys. The context is the team has not been good. So the idea that, oh, if we win the Europa League, we'll go straight to the Champions League, which which is, from what I understand, it, it's still something that happens, right? I think it's unrealistic to think that you go into the Europa League the way you've been playing, and regardless that we're fast-forwarding a few months to February and maybe the team is in a different spot, I just don't think that the team is going to be in a different spot, that much of a different spot from what we see it today. There'll probably be minor improvements. There'll be some some consistent performances. There'll be a little bit of a momentum, but not to the point that you go into the Europa League and you smash everyone. Let me read a few other comments here. Chico Morselina says, I understand, Chris, but it goes against everything I believe. Like, for example, have many cases of teams that had bad internal league performances and have gone ahead and, and won Europe, uh, with Sevilla being probably the the classic case. Uh, SLB uh, Tube says, I'll go for the Europa League. Also, Benfica says, no relinquish uh, of Europa uh, Alfredo, as winning. Do you, do you go to the Europa League and then not win that and not win the Campeonato Portuguese? Or do you want to just focus on Campeonato Portuguese and win the Campeonato Portuguese? Well, it's that... not... It's not go to the Europa League and win the Europa League. No shit. I'll take that too. Yeah, I'll I'll take the Europa League over if if we had a team that could realistically win the Europa League. I'm all in. I'd rather have a Europa League than the domestic title, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of a lot of you would also. Um, what else? Uh, Carlos Amar is saying there's only one way. You have to compete on every opportunity. At no point in time does a team get better by sacrifice of defeat. I I understand. Uh, Liberal says, I'd like to see them in Europa League. I think more opportunities they have to try and build uh, chemistry is important. Uh, Red Baron says, the team is not mentally strong, lacks the confidence. I'm sorry? I was just going to say, Aussie Benfica's asked, also, does Europa winner get Champions yes. League? Yeah, the Europa League winner gets automatic qualification into the Champions League. But yeah, Red Baron saying the team is not mentally strong, lacks the confidence to even make it there. Uh, we're not playing like last year. Let's concentrate on winning the, the league and the cup. Uh, That's basically my same thought process. Yeah. It's that, that we're not playing good football. 
We haven't been good since Enzo left. Yeah. I don't see this team all of a sudden turning things around where Cabral scoring 30 goals and, and, and Chiquinho and João Mario become beasts again. I just, it's just been a Chiquinho bad becoming beast. Yeah, Jurassic is not going to turn into a beat. You know what I mean? I just think that there's too many doubts yeah. on this club right now. No, it, and what I'm afraid of is that you waste too much time and energy into a competition that you are most likely not going to win it at all. Where the easiest one, the easiest, uh, I guess, how do you put it, like, you know, apple to reach at on a tree, the easiest one to pick is the Campeonato Portugues. It's the one more accessible. So concentrate on that. Yeah. And come over with $100 million, come away with a Champions League guaranteed spot, go into the offseason and make the proper adjustments that were obviously failures this season and build a team that can finally go and compete at these levels as opposed to being in the Champions League, having played four games and lost all four games. But look, things did improve against Real Sociedad, guys. We scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before, uh, if the only counterpoint to not qualifying or not being in, in uh, another European competition for the second half of the year, does that lead us into a January where either one, we're not making any additions or even worse, where we have to make some subtractions because we've got a... Uh, we've got less less games to play, and now players uh, where we don't have enough spots uh, or top minutes for some of these players on our bench, or even worse than that, have to sell a, a João Neves uh, like a shark comes in in January and picks him off from us too. Yeah, I I don't know. That's that's a great question. But look, I I I understand what what you guys are saying in the chat, and and I'm not disagreeing. I'm just trying to be a little bit realistic in terms of this team's potential. Carl's saying it's a loser mentality. You compete for everything. You may not win, but you compete for every single one. And and I understand because that's their fabric, right? That's the Benfica fabric. That's the Benfica fabric. We want to compete on every front, but we also have to to be realistic right if at some point we know that we're gonna run out of gas um i don't know it's it's something that you have to give some thought and i'm not saying that the team is going to um to deliberately lose or hand this off and and say look fuck you know screw this the point the, the fact of the matter is that you got a real sociedad that's already uh qualified you got an inter that's already qualified that we don't know how those two teams are going to handle uh, the Salzburg game, right? We know that at the end of match day six, we will have our we will have a match against Salzburg. Whether we get there in a position that if we win, we will leapfrog them, uh, it's a different story, right? So we we don't even know. I mean, everybody's saying, yeah, we can still make third understanding that you're thinking that you're going to beat the Salzburg team. You didn't beat them in Lisbon, right? You're going to have to go to, to Austria to play them. Who's to it say? It was 2-0, right? It was 2-0 in Lisbon. Yeah. yeah. Who's to say we're going to we're gonna beat them? We got to beat them at least 3-1. Or 3 nothing. Well, well, it, three it depends if, if, we get any, if we get any points. If we get okay, any let's... points. Right between now and then, and or if they get in one, because right now they get they're on one point, we're on zero. No, they're on three points. Three, they're on three. They're on three points. We're on zero. If Real Sociedad um, gets any more points on the, the the remaining two games, and we don't get any more points, we're, we're done. 
We're the, if we lose against Inter, yes, then it becomes a situation where you got to win and you got to score goals. And I'm not too convinced that Benfica right now has that ability. Uh, you skip some messages, Alfredo. There's, there's a couple of like... Uh, Go ahead, Chris. And he says, probably important for the Club World Cup. I think everything I've seen, I think Benfica makes it. Even if they don't go through, I think you need like Man United to win the Champions League in order for Benfica not to make it. Um, I think Benfica makes it as as the last place team, ninth place, uh, to qualify into the World Cup. And then you see Tony Fig. He says, "Cristiano, queres a Liga Europa ou taça cerveja?" Again, guys, I think you're <laughs> misunderstanding the, the the question or my point here. And this is why I didn't even I wasn't planning on talking about this on a podcast because I I did think you guys were, weren't going to understand it. I, I'm not. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying, don't care ganhar a Liga Europa. Right? Of course. Give me, yo, you give me the Campeonato or the Liga Europa. Give me the Liga Europa. I don't think this team is good enough to compete in the Liga Europa. This team has not played well for months. At no point, have, throughout this whole season, forget last season, right? Let's just go from July or August on. This team has not played. You guys really have confidence. That Benfica is going to go on into the Europa League and win the Europa League. My fear is that you waste too much time and energy in the Europa League, a competition that I don't think we are strong enough to win it. And again, I understand the ball is round. 11 versus 11, 11, 11 left feet, 11 right feet. I get it. I get all that stuff. I don't think this club is good enough to win the Europa League. And my fear is that by wasting our time and energy in that competition, we take our eye off the ball. We slip up in the Tassa, in, in, in our Campeonato. And before we know it, Sporting is running away with a six, seven, eight point lead. And we don't match up. And now what? Now we got to go into a qualifier if we even get lucky into it. Yeah. And then what if we trip up in a qualifier, which we just did three years ago, guys? Don't forget, against Paok. We just tripped up in the Tercero Minotaur Qualificación So now you missed the Champions League. Now what, guys? Now you worried about making up twenty million, a hundred. Now you're gonna sell everybody. You ain't buying anybody. And now you're just gonna go back to sad days of hoping and praying that you some way somehow bring a coach in because if Benfica doesn't win the cup, you're not the guy. Roger Schmidt is guy. He's probably gone before that anyway, but he's gone. So it's gonna be a new coach, new players, and you're just gonna be running that cycle once again. And so that's my. Favorite. It's no way, shape, or form. <laughs> do I want to win the Europa? Of course I do. I don't think the club, this team, as it is right now, is good enough to win it. That's all I'm saying, guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, I look, I, I I get everybody's point. You know, we, we need to compete. We need to be in competitions. But at what cost? Understanding the importance of winning the league this year. That's all I'm saying. The money involved. Because Cristiano and I have had this conversation the team that doesn't make the Champions League, and there's only two spots, right? There's the direct spot and there's the pre-qualifier, right? I don't think anybody else goes in pre- That's I don't, it. That's it. There's, there's only two spots, right? The team that does not make this Champions League out of the three teams is going to be hurting. Well, not, not just three. Now you got Braga that's in the mix, too. I completely understand, Chris. So but in terms teams, of the three, the three teams, teams, right? In terms of Sporting, Porto... And, and Benfica. And I'm not excluding Braga by any means. Uh, because if Braga doesn't make the Champions League, they, they're going to stay as is, right? Where because that's what they, that's their level, right? Um, but it, how impactful would this be to a Sporting or a Porto 
not making the Champions League and, and getting that, that bag. Very. And same thing to Benfica. And Benfica has the players to sell, right? So I guess you you could you could close some of that those gaps, those holes, those financial holes with the selling. But the selling involves short term. It involve, short term and involves giving up players. If if you perform well, I would I would like to think that there's a good chance that we keep either Silva or, or Nevsh at the end of the season. Right? I think. I hope, at least. You don't make the Champions League. They're both gone. Right. So, would you rather have $100 million and draw Nevs? Or would you rather have $180 million and no draw Nevs and no, Ars, and, and no uh, Silva? Right. And then you got to invest that 100 Well, you don't even have to invest that 180 because you're going to have to pay off some of the investments you made this year. But then you got to invest some of that money into what? Another Jurisic? Another Cabral? Yeah. There's probably there's probably a scenario where we do finish first and they're both gone either way. Yeah, it's possible. I don't, I don't see how that we could probably hold on. Uh, I mean, de- depends on the, the values. The depends on the values that yeah. will be offered. Uh, I, I I think that uh, it'll be very hard that those guys go for any less than eighty each, if not more. Carlos, Carlos Amaro, Carlos today he's, he's bugging. <laughs> he's bugging. Bug. Not, no, I get, I understand. Yeah. I understand he's what he's saying. He says, he said, I, I, because I, I don't. He says, if there's even a modicum that's a sense that Rogers surrenders in any game, that would kill his credibility. I mean, oh, dude, yeah, of course, dude surrender. He surrendered on Saturday, on Sunday, whatever Saturday, Sunday. He when they scored, I think he shitted his pants. You see, he let it go. He didn't even know how they did it. I mean, come on. But and then Carlos, the next comment. That's why I said he's buddy he goes. Let it cost everything. I don't see the alternative as a viable option. You lose so much money by cowardice anyway. And then he says the team was never good enough to win the Champions League either. Why didn't Why didn't we give up sooner? Really? I mean, you could advance and make money, yeah. and therefore, because we know Benfica is not going to win it. But you make you don't make the same subs of money in the Europa League that yeah. you do in the Champions League. You can make a semifinal run in the in the Europa League, and you're still going to have to sell freaking the Juan Evs. You yeah. make a semifinal run in the Europa League in the Champions League, you can keep your own Evans and you could keep a Tony Silva. There's a difference, guys. Let's yeah. know the difference. Yeah, and, and look, um we're not we're not saying that we're right or, or you guys are wrong. It's just oh, it's a different it's a That's different perspective exactly. of of looking at this the team's future. Um so that's all that is, right? We and we have to be cognizant of this. And 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 look, things may have well go the way we want it, right? Because if Benfica continues to perform the way they've been performing, they're gonna have a hard time and uh, and getting that third place in the Champions League, right? So, so if that happens, then all bets are off, right? And and we go our own way and we focus on on the domestic championship, certainly. Uh, but shit and pen, talking about shit and pens, let's uh, that's a perfect segue to uh, to go to the to the sporting game and. I'll start by saying this, right? And when I saw the lineup, um, and I think that the same way that uh, that Ruben Amorim saw it, right? And the lineup usually comes out an hour before kickoff, and Benfica put it out uh, quite a few minutes earlier than than an hour. And as you look at this, at at the way the lineup was announced, right? Ruben, Auschwitz, Silva, Otamendi, Murato, Tino, Neves. Di Maria, Rafa, João Mario, and Musa. You're looking at this, at this lineup, and you're thinking three center back again, right? So, Amorim certainly had two plans. 
for this game, right? He had a he mentioned on a on a on a pregame conference that that he thought that Benfica was going to go back to the four four two, but I don't know if he believed it. But he had to plan for that. But when you look at this and you see Silva, Otamendi, and Morato, the first thing that you think, and any logical human being is going to think, is that there's a a three center back set up here. Who would have thought that 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 Muratu was going to play uh, play left back? I don't think anybody knew until we actually saw the way the team lined up. So I think that Ruben Nemorin got got caught a little bit by surprise, and I think that explains also Benfica's dominance in the first 20 minutes because it was just that right. We're playing in in our stadium. We're playing in front of our crowd. Uh, we should go after these three points because it's it's three points that will put us in the lead. So let's get let's get after this game. But I I think that Amorim wasn't prepared for Benfica. And after those 20 minutes, he he made a couple of adjustments, and Sporting was able to kind of balance out the game. And he they started playing um, their own game. Their own, you know, we had the Rafa with the hit the crossbar, with Jomari with that chip that Tino missed uh, on a far post. Truben makes two really good saves that that kept the game at zero. And then at the end of the half, Giocares uh, with that one shot, he would, didn't even touch the ball. It was just he ran onto the ball and he hit it. And I think that he caught Antonio Silva by surprise and, and Truben by surprise because he shot it right away. Uh, Sporting goes into the locker room, one nothing. Um, the truth is that the teams could have very well have gone into the locker room tied, but I think that Benfica got caught on on a short end of the stick there. Team comes out in a in a second half, and the second half of Benfica tried to play again, and then there was the ejection of uh, of Gonzalo Inacio, uh in the fifty first minute. And that changed everything, right? Because Sporting, with one less uh, day of rest after playing the Europa League, uh, now has to be more conservative in terms of the way they approach the game. They had to um, lower their lines. They had to make sure that they were they stayed compact and didn't expose themselves to Benfica. Benfica had a really hard time. What I don't understand is how does Roger Schmidt read this game, right? Because Sporting goes down to 10 men. In essence, they only have one guy playing up front. How does he keep Muratu on in the game, on the field? Why do we need four defenders to defend against one guy? And 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 right off the bat, that that is a poor read. Then he brings in Cabral for for Musa. He brings in Tankstead for Tino, who you may argue that he was already on a yellow card, right? And we didn't really. You know, the same read that he had in terms of, well, why do we need a defensive midfielder, right? Because Sporting now is going to stay more in their half and, and more their lines are going to be lowered. But really, we didn't, if it hadn't been for the goal, nobody would have known that Tankstead was even on the field. I don't, I just don't understand um, why Gonzalo Gedge doesn't make an appearance earlier. And when he did make an appearance in 87th minute, Right away, he made an impact. All of a sudden, Benfica had a left side. We had to stretch out Benfica, uh, the Sporting's defense because they were very compact in the middle. We didn't have a left side. With Geds coming in, now all of a sudden we had a left side. Then we found a way to get Maria, Di Maria involved in, into more of the game because up until that time, up until his shot, I, I think he wasn't really inv- that much involved in the game. Um, 
and then we we just go at it. We just go at it behind the crowd. We we get the the one goal uh, by by uh, by Neves off of an Morato assist off a, of a set piece. A goal. That's what I was gonna say Morato Morato had a had a hand in that goal. So yeah, you take him out. Maybe we don't get. And look, I, I think what's his name? Um, what's his name? The coach uh, Ruben Amorim said it in his press conference that Morato he is not a. A, a, a you know true left back, but his physicality, his pace, it made him think. I think you know, Alfredo, just to, to answer your question, why leave him in the game, especially when they go down to ten? I, I think maybe Roger thought Sporting is not going to be building up play. They're going to be looking to find um, Goikers in the box and whatever. And at some point, they're going to bring Paulinho in, who's, who's you know six foot whatever striker guy that likes to also get in with his head. And he thought maybe one of the taller guy back there to. To, to maybe alleviate some of those crosses. I don't know, but that could have been some of the thought process. Um, there's there's so many things that we can question, but, you know, some of them, I guess at the end of the day, he got the result that he wanted. Like, as I mentioned, Morato got his head on the ball, and then it got back to, what's his name, um, John Evans, who, who just, I mean, my man's always at the right place at the right time. I'm glad that Trubin didn't attempt to fuck <laughs> things up and try to get the ball. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, just, I, I asked you last week, I think two weeks ago, I didn't understand, and I and I mentioned it then. It's another one. It's kind of like this, this whole Europa League conversation. I don't think guys understood what I was saying then. Like, I don't think they understand what I'm saying now, it, it, which was, like, goes, uh, what's his name? Thiago Veia could have came into that game and scored a hat trick, but I didn't understand the, the move. Yeah. And and so, and I questioned it then, and, and now you see, I, mean, I think it goes back to what I was saying. Like, the dude's important in such an important Champions League game at the time. Remember, everything was still open. Um, we hadn't lost four games yet, so uh, everything was still up in play. And now he doesn't even doesn't even feature, doesn't even count. Yeah, doesn't even count in a game like this. A guy that could come in and and take on defenders. One thing I one thing I think I despised the most about watching this game was I don't recall like maybe it happened once or twice, but I don't recall any. Right? I was I might, might not be paying attention between talking and BSing, but nobody figure player took on anybody. You don't see no nobody figure player running at defenders. It was nothing. There was nothing. Thiago Vey is a guy that possibly could have done a little bit of that. But again, I'm not sitting here to, 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 to you know, asking for, 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 for Thiago Vey to get any more minutes. As I mentioned before, I don't know enough about the kid. But it just makes you scratch your head. Roger, one day he counts. The next day, Jean Valparnada. Like, it, I just don't understand half of these decisions he's making. But look, at the end of the day, he got bailed out. And that's the part I was mentioning right at the beginning of the podcast. Enjoy the moment. But then don't come on here, man, and try to, you know, throw a wool over my head and try to tell me everything's okay. There's there's a lot of things that you need to look into, a lot of things that need to be changed, a lot of things that need to seriously be considered and and, and have a serious conversation on how could how you could improve. And look, we're still in first place, goal differential. But Roger has to look at himself in the mirror and he has to understand how to get the best and how to extract the yeah. best out of his players. I don't think he's doing that right now. We got Call it what you want. We, I thought we got lucky. I, I know you go and people argue me. Oh, we were better in the first. I don't. At the end of the day, we were down one zero, ninetieth minute or eighty ninth minute, whatever it was. We're about to go down six points, and the garra and these players, the the the, the guys, you know, the the João Neves and, and even Antonio Silva and Otamendi, the guys that eat rubble. We're the only ones on the field that eat rubble. Yeah. Everybody else is there walk. These guys never allowed Benfica to lose this game. Right. And want to put that on Roger Schmidt's back. Go ahead, do what you got to do. He's the coach. Check. Yeah. He's pulling all the strings. But you, you, there's something seriously not right about this team right now. Yeah, and you got to look at – sat there on the sideline as we scored. He didn't even 
Like, yeah, and, and the thing is that we have to to look at this game, and if Benfica doesn't score these two ga- these two goals at the end, you got to think that the best period for Benfica was those initial twenty minutes of the first half. In the second half, we struggled to get anything going, with the exception of when Gonzalo Guedes came in and he. he, he shook things up and that was in the 87th minute what do we do for the for the rest of the second half was it him shaking things up or sporting packing things in because you got a few more minutes to go could be could be i mean could be i have to be fair carlos amaro says i think it's fair criticism calling it a surrender i was being carlos you know what i mean i was just being dumb he obviously didn't surrender but you know um just look like a guy that's out of questions with his hands in his pocket. Yeah. And just like, and, yeah, Benfica didn't let him down this time. Did you that's guys, um, and this was something that, that Steve Santos brought up as we were watching the game. There wasn't a lot of uh, shots of uh, Roger Schmidt on the sideline. We saw a lot more of Ruben Amorim than we saw Roger Schmidt. And maybe I have to go rewatch the game and maybe it was something that I was so focused on the game that I didn't really pay attention but I didn't notice there wasn't a lot of shots of Roger Schmidt from the cameras only oh. after the goal was scored only after the goals were scored now that you mentioned <laughs> it because I, I remember know, seeing did, him does anybody recall that after the goals were scored but who's broadcasting yeah. the game guys I don't know who's but TV. oh oh does anybody they remember that I want to attract more attention to to a guy that was clearly under pressure again Benfica got the three points. That's all that matters. It would have been a whole other conversation uh, we'd be having here had they lost two games in a row in a manner that they did. But look, luckily they did it. And sometimes you have to be lucky, right? And especially in these games, as I mentioned before, Alfredo, in these games against our rivals, sometimes you want to be lucky than better. And and, and Australia went our way. We, you know, we uh, we won this game. Sporting is gone. Ten games now against Porto and Benfica. Yeah. Sporting's gotten 10 games against Sporting Benfica without a win. So I'd much rather be here on this side celebrating a win. But at the same time, I want to have, you know, the notion, and I'm very aware that there's a lot of things that still need to be fixed. And that's the one thing that I was aggravated about the other day is, look, I'm celebrating the victory, but guys, let's let's keep our eye on the prize and let's realize things aren't right at home. Yeah. We need to – we got a little break here. Another week off for the players. He loves giving guys off, time off. Another week off. Um, but when the guys come back next, what I think they come back on Friday, but uh, some international still be away, obviously. Yeah. But next week, when it's time to go and chow chow, let's go. Guys need to get up on their game, and Roger has to do what he has to do. Find a way to get this system, these players to work. I've already, I, I've given them free advice. Four three three, Roger. Yeah. That's, Look, um, go. there's a, a couple things here if you if you look at the 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 game in general you can't say that Benfica didn't deserve the win because of that final push that the team had towards the end of the game uh i think that alone the team did enough to go chase the result and luckily they got it uh albeit in in a very dramatic fashion um, but let's let's not lose sight of of everything that's gone on. And I think that winning this game is I think it's it's great. It's great that we're in first place. I think it's a great mental and psychological boost for this team. Now the question is, are we able to build on this? Are we able to make this a turning point in our season? And now we're going 
to, to become a lot more consistent, a lot more solid, a lot more um, predictable in terms of how is Benfica going to perform each game domestically? You know, that, and I think that's, that's the biggest question. Um, the international break comes at a time uh, where you may say it's, it's advantageous for Benfica or detrimental for Benfica. For me, I would love to see the team come out and play again this week. So to see if they're able to build on this mental boost, but then you also have guys that are, that are hurt that we need back uh, healthy and, and be able to give their contribution to the team. So you can look at it both ways. For me, the biggest question is going to be how do we build up on this and is this a turning point for the season? I think that's that's the biggest question right now in ever Benfica's mind because, yes, we won against our, our eternal rivals and these games usually stand by themselves in terms of uh, it's not always the team that's in, in, in the best moment of form that's going to, to win games uh, or to win this game. And the game kind of sits in in a context by itself. But are we able to get something out of this that will put us on the right path, a path of improvement and a path of of much better performances that we haven't seen up until this point? I think that is that is the biggest question right now in everybody Fikish's mind. Um, Dave, you got stats? Do you guys have anything else to stats. say about this game? Um, the Musa's, the Musa getting stepped on and, and obviously I think he, he, there was an advantage play there. I don't even, it didn't even go to the VAR and Rafa missed that ball. Uh, I think in terms of, of refereeing, I don't, I don't think there's much that you could look at and said, man, that was a poorly officiated game. I, I actually thought that was one of the better Artur Suarez-Dias performances, to be honest with you. Um, but, um, I don't know, look, a win is a win, a win against Sporting is, is a is a much much more than a win, and then in the fa- and winning in a fashion that we did, uh, is extremely hurtful for for Sporting because up until that point, playing at Stade Luz with ten men ahead for ninety three minutes or whatever it was, they have to be really really hurt by everything that that went down, and I think it's it's a huge blow for them having to relinquish. First, first place, and, and in the manner that they did. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, first time this season that Benfica was able to come back and uh, win after being down. Uh, first time in Derby history between uh, Benfica and Sporting that a team has come back from behind uh, to win an extra time. Um, last time Benfica came down to win. Uh, after being down in the 90-plus minute, came against uh, Jules Vicente in 2013. And uh, one guy uh, that we haven't spoken about, uh, who I feel... Uh, I know Sporting had the man advantage, but fuck, we only really got the man advantage once uh, this guy came out, was uh, João Mario. Uh, in his last two derbies against Sporting, with him on the, uh, the pitch, Sporting scored three goals in uh, 137 minutes that he was on. Uh, if he could have scored n- nothing, and then the 62 minutes that João Mario came off the uh, pitch in the last two games, Benfica scored four goals and uh, conceded uh, Dude, zero. So that is a great could be, stat. Could be a meaningless number. That is uh, a great or could stat, be something bro. There, that but, is that uh, is a great stat. But he's been uh, he was god awful once again in this yeah. uh, this game, and I know there's ties to sport thing, but I know he would probably 
would think he's a professional, but his uh, performance just was not there. Once again, talking about Jean Mario, he just hasn't been good. I mean, good. I mean, he he actually. There's nothing to sniff around. There's not a doubt about because he's been horrible all year. Yeah, he's been terrible. He has not been good. He's not been good. And I think that once again, Roger's so stubborn that he feels that Joe Mario needs to play every game. Look, again, Alfredo, scoop a lot to Roberto. But it's like it's so easy to beat on Roger now as well. And we have to be fair, right? Because, and, and, and I'm not, guys, please, I'm in no way, shape, or form defending Joe Mario. I, I didn't want him from the. From in the first, and he was look. He helped us win the Combinato last year. He was really good for for three quarters of the season. You know, he had his merits, whatever. But we're sitting here and like, oh, you know, criticizing Roger for playing Joel Mario. And I think when David Nett, Koksu, and all those guys are healthy, okay, I I understand it. I don't want to see Joel Mario in the field. But now that the Koksus of the world and the Nets of the world are out of the game, I mean, let's be fair. Would Roger have won with any of us here on Sunday had he played what Chiquinho instead of Joana instead of Joao Mario? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's Chris. That's clear, where guys. I was and gonna I'm... go. I was gonna ask you: Would oh, you sorry, rather sorry. Would you rather say see Chiquinho or Joao Mario? No, I, I think it's a win win. I think it's 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 a lose. It's it's it's, it's a, a lose lose proposition. <laughs> In that one, I would I I don't like Joao Mario, but I would take Joao Mario. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not the like. My biggest problem with him and the Zomari right now is the fact that the guy plays, what, 86 minutes. That's the biggest problem I got. Yeah. I understand it. Like, if Koksu was healthy and he's playing Zomari, and again, and, and I'm also a guy that's been on here and got criticized because I, I don't think Koksu has been as advertised, right? But if if he's benching Koksu, if he's benching the Vinetas like he was for the most part last year, to play Zomari, now I got a real problem. But yeah. right now, our, our options are limited. You know, the Geds of the world, he's not healthy. He hasn't been healthy for years. Um, Di Maria, Apagado the other day, right? João Neves is the only guy that fucking plays all the time, and I did not understand why I moved this kid out of his comfort zone. So let's just be fair to Roger. And look, he hasn't gotten a lot right, but I think we're, we're nitpicking with him as well because we have to look at what options are available as well. And, and Roger, and, and Alfredo, you know I'm not, yeah. I'm not defending Roger. I know, I know. I know the the out. options are, are are definitely uh they're de- they're definitely limited the options so we'll see when these guys become available and and we'll see if we'll continue to go with uh, João Mario. Oh, no, he that. is. I doubt I that he sits. We'll him. <laughs> you have to wait to see that, Alfred. It's João Mario and 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 Arsenis. You know these guys. Are, the first names on the sheet. You guys remember I said it? I said it here on this podcast. I said making like one of those Normandy references and whatever. I said, Roger Schmidt's going to die at the beach with Arsenis and Juan Mario. Mm-hmm. I said that like months ago. And, right. and dude, but right now, as much as I want to criticize him playing that guy, I mean, I'd rather see him than Shikini, So Yeah. I'll give you, since we're talking about Roger Schmidt, I'll give you this stat, right? Seven, uh, Roger Schmidt has played seven games against uh do Porto and, and Sporting. Four wins, one loss, two ties. A favorable record for Roger Schmidt when when playing these these our two main um, adversaries or opponents, whatever you want to call it. Sticking with that point, here's another question that I've had this conversation for for many 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 of my years on this planet Earth, and this is another one for the chat that's going to start things up. 
Because you just gave me a good stat. So far, he's played Porto and Sporting three times combined this year. He's got three victories. That's phenomenal. But the question I have for you, and this is a question I've asked myself and I've asked a lot of my friends, and we've gone back and forth over the years on this. It's very simple. Would you rather lose the four games in the Campeonato, the two against Porto, the two against Sporting, and be champion? Or would you rather win the four games against those two opponents come in second per se? No, champion every time. Because I think people will be ballistic if Benfica were to lose the four games against those adversaries, right? Yeah. I mean, me, myself, I think I'd come here on this podcast and be like, well, who do we beat? We beat the Moncos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you could also make an argument that uh, the two hard teams that Sporting has played so far, Atalanta, and uh, who else do they play? Us? They Braga. They yeah. they drew against Braga. Yeah, I think they, the, they they've the struggled. You could also say that season. they they've beaten a lot of Monkush in some games where well and, questionable and they, they VAR calls. They would have lost some points, but VAR was out, out for lunch, right. out for walk, yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, I so. I agree. I agree with Carlos. Being champions is the only thing that matter. Um, I agree too. So, I agree too. I, I don't think that uh, you're going to find many people that will uh, will disagree with that. But look, a win's a win against Sporting. I think that we're all happy in the way that we won. I feel bad for the guys that walked out of the stadium before uh, the game was over. Why do but, you feel um, bad for them? That was, did just, anybody force Let it be a lesson. Let it be a lesson. They didn't get to watch the, the, the drama. Yeah, I don't like this conversation because I think people should be able to do whatever they choose to do. I just, I just, I don't feel bad for them, Alfredo, because nobody forced them to leave. Now, had they been forced, I would have felt bad. It was a conscious decision that they made. Yeah. Whether they had to catch the bus, right? I was a twenty. Missed the rush hour. I, I was at a Portugal national team game for 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 the qualification. They won against Switzerland, and and I'm then like they're about to go euphoria. They're about to go crazy, and I'm like, it was the last train up north. I had to run. I had no. I couldn't stay. You're like yep. the referee was barely putting the whistle in his mouth, and I'm out the door. I'm running, right. and I caught. The, I, I did catch the train, guys. Just so you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm afraid you have to make those. Now I don't feel bad for them. They, right. They that yeah, it's, those are decisions you're gonna have to live with. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what else do we got to talk about? That's it. You got an international break now. Roger Schmidt did give uh, the team uh, 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 off until Friday, as he usually does. It's no surprise to anyone but Brunum. Bruno Maru. Bruno Bach, sorry, Bruno Maru. Where am I going with Bruno Maru? I, I know a guy that, that's called Bruno Maru. That's why I'm saying that. But, but Bruno Maru, it's, it's, there was a surprise for... Is it Carlos's brother? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Carlos does have some a cousin that's called Bruno Amaru. I don't know. Speaking with Carlos, Carlos says the real problem is the void at both laterals, uh, yeah. lateral backs. And then he also says it's never one single thing. In my opinion, the play of Grimaldo and, and to a lesser extent, a better ba is the real significance... Uh, the real significant difference last season, and, and I think, I think you also have to throw in a guy that much maligned. A lot of times we we, we didn't have positive things to say, but we all understood his value, which is Gonzalo Ramos. Because I think you combine all three of yeah. our strikers now, and they don't yeah. they don't equate to Gonzalo. And it wasn't that he was a phenomenal finisher, none of the above, but his work rate yeah. allowed Roger Schmidt to apply the first line of pressure, which is what he likes to do. And none of the guys you got now, I think Musa out of the three would be the one that presses the most. I think yeah. that's why you got to start in a game like this. But, yeah, I mean, let's not forget, Gonzalo Rum's a guy that we 
you know, we we like to harp on at times. But um he brought a lot to this team. His work ethic was unequaled. I mean, we don't we don't have anybody on this team besides maybe John Evans that 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 plays with that same ferocity that 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 uh, uh Sal Rums did. So I just yeah, and you guys know, you know, I don't have a problem eating crow, but I admit it. You know on, what I mean? On oh, um, do- yeah, on, on today's uh, on today's papers, it looks like Benfica is uh, interested in in Malheiro, uh, which is Bovista's uh, right back, who has been uh, uh, outstanding for them. So. Uh, I think there's a good chance that Benfica will pick him up in the winter transfer window just to add depth, whether or not he's going to be able to take the spot away from Ba, understanding that Ba's had some some injuries and, and some consistency issues also. Um, I, I'd welcome some fresh bud. And that's that's what I have to apologize to you and Dave about. Remember I said, I, right at the beginning of the pod before you went live, I said I have to apologize to you guys. Because last week you guys both said that there's you thought Benfica which would would go ahead and pick up a right back whatever bring in a player to 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 help strengthen the team in January and I said the only way that happens is if we stay alive in the Europa League if we don't I don't believe that Benfica will go sign anyone now these are rumors it's not official but at least there's rumors so for that um I apologize you guys if it if it does pan out I owe you guys uh, another apology because I didn't think that was possible I don't think Benfica is going to waste money or strengthen um if they don't yeah but you know buying a player from Bovista is not spending a lot of money i don't think he's a portugal u21 international i sent chiquinho over there bop him or thanks dad who thinks that thanks dad thanks dad could could like ride in the sunset and he would be forever remembered in the benfica history Right, that's that's what I told uh, my buddies that uh, they've got some Tankstead uh, memorabilia. I said, sell your memorabilia now. Sell it now while his stock higher. is high. A lot on a high. His yeah. stock is high now. Sell him, sell him, sell it now, man. Sell it now. Uh, anyway, that's that's all we uh, we got well, that I got. I don't know if Cristiano has anything else to say or you, Dave. But uh, that was it for me. I got Mo texting me because for some reason he can't get on the chat. Can't get on a chat. No. So he says, uh, we did hit two posts, so those go in. It's a different conversation, too. I recall one, uh, the one on Di Maria. That ain't count, man. He was offsides, Mo. No, 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 no. He's talking about Di Maria outside shot that Adan uh, put it over the bar, put it over, like, and it hit the bar. That's not hitting. Okay. 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 I'll yeah. Feel, that's when Di Maria appeared in the game. And Adan got crazy lucky because that was a, that was a sloppy clearance. He it was. The other one hit the cross. He got lucky because that would have been a pitu. But okay, yeah. we hit the okay. That's, it it looked like the it looked like the when he dove, the ball took a different trajectory and it came a little bit behind his his, his dive and he kind of had to adjust his his, his save uh, and it hit the bar. But yeah, look, uh, I think as Benficistas, we're all happy. We're over the moon. We were happy on Sunday. We were happy Mo yesterday. In, Mo was in. Mo was in. Finally. Um. He was, he was, uh, I was happy on Sunday. I was happy on Monday. I'm happy today. Uh, this whole freaking uh, crying by the Lagartus about this Gonzalo Inacio showing frames and, and replays when Gonzalo Inacio has already apologized to the team for the foul and for what he did, right? Dude, so, you know, you know what a sporting used to have the ball, the goals to say to me? What? 
Well, Sally Nasi, he's played like, you know, since he was 18 or 19, and he never he never shows any emotion. He never complains. I'm like, it's, it's his public. Own teammates didn't, his own teammates didn't even say a word. Yeah. Like, Not even Mourinho didn't say anything. Kowat says, I'm like, he's the captain. He's got to come and say something to the referee, right. but you didn't see him put up a fight. No, and then no. I and then I seen a bunch of different replays. He Look, I, I'll say this. You want to tell me it wasn't intentional? I agree. It wasn't intentional. But he caught him. But he takes him out, he, yeah. He caught him, him even. He goes for the man, not for the ball. That's a yellow card every day. Every day. So, yeah, regardless of whether he intended or not, the point is that there's contact there. And at the time live, it didn't look like a lot. Uh, but then on the replay, you know, it, it looks much worse in, on the replay than it, it looked live. Because he just, he just went after him. Well, and after he slid, and obviously it was a miscalculation on his part. Young center Bro, we backs. can't forget it's the Tugan where where a foul in the third second of the opening, uh, third second of the opening minute in the center of the field is disputed and argued with the referee like it's the end of the world. And then on a red card, they just put their head down and walk off. I mean, that could have gone for anybody, like Otamendi. You know what I mean? You can tell when a player knows he's done wrong. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And the dude just put his head down and walked away. Yeah. The coach what did did post game press conferences the whole night. Never once mentioned. Yeah. Oh no, he doesn't bitch about he doesn't bitch about referees. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, you guys have an answer for everything. Yeah, there wasn't uh, Wait. there wasn't much of uh, of uh, like a, uh, even a comment from Ruben Amorim in terms of a play. I think that that whole sporting bench and. All, all the sporting easters that were on on the field realized what what they had done, and the players themselves. I think there was no arguing. Would you guys uh, think of uh, Roger getting uh, nappy with uh, the questions at the post game uh, press conference? I about, think uh, I, I think there's there's two opinions, um, and I uh, you know I'll I'll tell you what I what I thought. Or what I think, I think that as a as a Benfica coach and as a representative of uh, the club, right? I think that you need to remain within your your normal your normal discourse, right? I I think that to it, it's a complete valid question, right? Do you feel that the result was better than the exhibition? Uh, that was the question. And he could have simply said, um, no, I, I thought that uh, they were both as good or the exhibition was good and the exhibition got us the, the win. But instead, he decided to uh, make it personal. Uh, are you, you must be a, a sporting or a, or a portista to be saying that. You don't think that we deserve to win? And look, and then there's the, the whole context behind that Benfica came out to defend them today that there's been Roger Schmidt has been pursued by the media, by the media and he's been targeted by by the media it's been a lot of pressure and a lot of narratives put forth by the media that have have really put the pressure on Roger Schmidt so Benfica instead of defending them when that's happening always always waits for these moments then it doesn't make them uh look good and then there's some other people that may think oh, no you know it Good for him. I'm I'm glad that he that he talked back to the to the media and he went after a guy. For me, and you know, understanding what Benfica means and and the club's values, uh, I think that he, he got a little bit 
out of hand in terms of what his role is and what we expect from him as a coach, as a representative of this club. But I also understand the other point of view. People that think good for him. Oh, I, you know, that's that's my thoughts about it. But I, I think that you got to be a little bit higher than that. I don't think you have to come down to, to that level to get your point across. I think I it know. only took a, a season and a half for the uh, the press to kind of break. Well, and, and the yeah, press. and the honeymoon and, is definitely over. Right? And, and here's the thing: when you see coaches having this type of attitudes, we saw it with Rui Vitorio, we saw it with uh, Brunelage. Um, you you kind of get a hint of that the the coach is definitely feeling the pressure, and he's probably not a in a state of of grace. As uh, as he has been before, because he's feeling the pressure. I don't know, Cristiano. What are your thoughts, man? On on the the Roger Schmidt presser and the question and the way he responded. I think he's feeling the pre- I think he's feeling the pressure. I think um, you know he could have very easily answered that question. He could have just got out of it, but he's feeling the pressure. He, he feels that he's being targeted. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a professional. He's getting paid to answer these questions. He doesn't have to like them. He just could just sidestep them very easily. I think the club, as I think I mentioned to you in a chat earlier today, you know, we bitch when they don't protect the players or the coach, and now yeah. we bitch and you know because they come out. It looks amateur, but I'm okay. Look, I'd rather have Benfica come back, come out, and back up all their players, coaches, whatever, after any instance, than not back them up. So I don't, I don't have a problem with anything Benfica did. Yeah, and and we, it's not like he said anything. You know, like, uh, it's not like he's lying. The guy could have easily been or had allegiance to Porto and Sporting because God knows we know they uh, they want to cause any disruption. They want to see our downfall. Like, we don't even have to look too far to see the shenanigans last night at our rivals uh, up north, right? They're in a, in a state of disarray, it appears, at the moment. So they want to... They don't want to see a united Benfica or they don't want to see a strong Benfica too. So any little thing... They want to uh, get Benfica off uh, off their toes here, right? So, yeah, it, I I I I uh, I didn't mind it. Yeah, but again, you got to be professional too at the same. Yeah, time. and and the, look, the, the 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 curious thing about it is that if if that is something that Sergio Conceição had said, nobody's t- nobody's talking no, about it. Exactly, and he exactly. he he has those types of attitudes all the time. And people just oh, just Sergio Conceição being Sergio Conceição, um, but all coaches should be held in the same standard of you know the club that they represent, and as the face of the club in front of the media, there's a certain standard that it would be nice if you followed. But again, when it's Sergio Conceição, it's it's oh, it's okay, it's part of his personality. He's fiery, he feels the club and Porto again, us against them, blah blah blah. But when it's Roger Schmidt. You know, when there was a situation with Roger Schmidt and, and Vlako Dimus, everybody criticized Roger Schmidt for what he said. Um, but like I said, if you know, it's a double standard. If it was an, another coach, a coach up north especially, nobody's talking about it. It's a non-story. Anyway, that's all we got for you guys. International break coming up. Benfica gets back in the action, what, in a couple of weeks from now? Um, the 20, 25th against, against uh, Portugal. Yeah, the 25th. Uh, and then we have uh, Mourerense also. 
which is uh inter before that inter and and Mourinho's domestically which is uh an, a very tough game for Benfica Mourinho has done really well um anyway thank you for all the freddies that were on the chat and were active and uh you know we appreciate you tremendously thank you very much everyone um we love you guys stay well enjoy this week off try to stay away from the drama portugal is qualified just enjoy yourselves man it's uh thanksgiving here in the u.s also lots of things to be thankful for and one of the things that i'm thankful for is one take care everyone